Support for WERU comes from our generous listeners. Thank you. You're listening to WERU 89.9 in Blue Hill and WERU.org. We're volunteer-sponsored, powered, and listened to by you, and we're also a voice of many voices. Stay tuned for Main Arts Alive. Good morning. This is Main Arts Alive. My name is Matt Murphy. I am filling in today for Michael Donahue. Maine Arts Alive is a program all about the arts in Maine, of course, um, all of all kinds. And uh, the people who make that happen, the organizations that make that happen, um, and also, in some cases, the audience that make that happen. Um, my guest today is Julie Richard. from the. Uh, she's the executive director of the Maine Arts Commission. And we're going to be talking about what's, what's new with the Maine Arts Commission, what's new with the arts um, in Maine. And uh, thanks very much for tuning in. And now I'd like to welcome... Uh, uh, Julie to the air. Welcome. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Um, well, glad to have you. Um, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving, <laughs> everyone out there. That's that's a, a a good way to go on this on this day. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Maine, um, the Maine Arts Commission, or maybe don't know much about it, just know that it exists. Could you, Julie? Could you um, uh, talk about what it is? Sure. Um, my elevator speech for the Maine Arts Commission is that we support and promote all of the arts in Maine. And uh, we do that through a number of ways, um, primarily programs and grants and professional development and awareness building. So uh, our biggest program really is our grants program. Um, we receive about $750,000 a year from the National Endowment for the Arts. And the rest of our budget it comes from the state because we are a state agency. Um, and so we try to get out as much as possible in support to organ arts organizations and artists all throughout the state to help them do what they do so well and uh, to really make our state the richest, richest it can be. And how are we doing with that? How's Maine doing? Really well, really well. Um, you know, we launched our very first uh, cultural plan in many years in 2015, and we spent about 18 months doing research on um, just public opinion and what artists needed, needed and what organizations needed, and we put together uh, priorities, and we revamped our grants program, and I was reflecting not that long ago about just the progress that we've made and um, just in talking to the organizations around our state and so proud of um, so much of the progress that they have made in uh, doing their work in a more professional way and being more successful at what they're doing. It's just been really gratifying. Now, a cultural plan is a little different than a strategic plan? A little different. Yeah. Um, I... I like to call it a cultural plan because um, what we what we have, especially because it's uh, environmental as well as um, just a strategic. I differentiate the difference be, uh, between strategic strategic plans and cultural plans. That strategic plans are really for an organization. You know, it's like what are we going to do to move forward? And a cultural plan I see as more. Um, what are we going to do to move the state forward? What are we going to do to move our community forward? It's not just organization-based. 
So uh, we launched, actually launched a cultural planning grant a few years back. And as a result of that, we have had nine communities in our state uh, take advantage of that grant program. And they have, are, have either completed cultural plans for their communities or um, they're in the process of completing those cultural plans. And the cool thing about that is that they bring together many uh, different aspects of a community to come together to um, create priorities that they can all work together toward moving forward, which is really, uh, I think, the ultimate goal, you know, for a community, especially if it wants to focus on the arts, to be stronger. And does... uh... Do you know if every state has a has an arts commission, um, or most states have arts commissions, and and uh... every state does have an arts commission. It's actually uh, it's mandated through the National Endowment for the Arts. However, um, there been there been times over the years when certain states have uh, abolished their arts commissions for budget reasons or political reasons or whatever the case might be, and. Um, actually, recently, uh, Alaska was almost eliminated. Um, Alaska's State Arts Council was almost eliminated. But luckily, in the at the end of their session, um, they were able to get the legislature to reinstate them. So it's, you know, it, while every state does have one, um, there have been times when it's been close. Uh, I don't think that's ever happened in Maine, <laughs> though, <laughs> or it probably ever will. That's good. That's great. <laughs> so... Uh, um, why don't we dive right into what's what's going on with the Maine Arts Commission? We've, sure. we've kind of you've kind of painted a really great picture as to what it is, mm-hmm. um, and uh, hopefully those who are listening who didn't know at all kind of have a sense now that that the uh, umbrella nature of the Maine Arts Commission is really extensive here in the in the state. Um, so what's going on? What's what's new? So I think uh, the thing that I'd like to start with uh, first is just our state's bicentennial, which is coming up in 2020. And uh, we, uh, as one of the seven cultural, major cultural agencies in the state, um, are part of the Bicentennial Commission. And um, we are managing the grants program for the Bicentennial. And there's been $375,000 set aside to get grants out all across the state. So I would just like to encourage listeners, and this this is not an arts-based grant, it's communities, nonprofits, um, whatever the case might be, uh, anybody who wants to do a bicentennial-themed project for our state's bicentennial. We've already had one round of grants, and uh, we gave away about $145,000 in that round. And um, the next deadline, there are actually three deadlines. One is passed, obviously, but the next deadline is February 1st, and there are two grants. Um, There's a small grant, which is $500 or less, and that's a pretty easy process. So that's like if you... Um, want to bring in a speaker to talk about, like to your library to talk about the history of the state or something like that. And it's only going to cost you about $500 for travel costs and uh, maybe a small honorarium for that speaker. The other grants are, and that's a very easy process. It's like, um, tell us about your organization, uh, tell us about your project, and then give us a little budget. And that's, it's pretty Pretty, pretty super simple, was designed that way. 
The large grants are up to $10,000, and um, one of the things that we're trying to do with the large grants is get at least one in every county in our state. And in the first round, we were able to um, get in all but three counties. And don't ask me which three counties didn't um, get them because I don't recall off the top of my head. But um, three counties did not get a grant or did not apply uh, in that last round. But uh, $10,000 is, you know, a pretty significant amount of money to either launch a project or enhance a project that's currently underway. And the um, the process for that is a little more intensive. You have to answer a few more questions, but it's still not onerous. And if you have any questions, you have to go to our website, um, the uh, mainarts.com or mainarts.gov, either way. And um, you have to sign into our grants. It's in our grants management system. And if you have any questions or issues getting in, you can contact either Kirsten on my staff, Kirsten Gilg, or Ryan Layton, um, our marketing director, can help as well getting, or any of our program staff can help um, people get into the system. So even though this is not strictly an arts um, grant no. um, process or uh, or um, um, project, uh, there's really, you're, you're really encouraging creativity out in the community. Absolutely. But it doesn't have to be, you know, creative necessarily. Because yeah. <laughs> um, we've had cities apply for these monies just to, you know, help support a, a community celebration or yeah. a parade or, you know, whatever the case might be. So um, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be a creative based program. But Obviously, the more of the more aspects of the community that are brought together to do the uh, to do the program, the better it is. Especially for the large grant, we're encouraging partnerships. So, if you you know, if, if at least a couple of organizations can band together to do something, and also schools, we're encouraging schools to apply. Um, so, municipalities, schools, and nonprofits are all welcome to apply. And and the funding is is state funding for for this. Yeah, it is. It's been set aside, and um, we're hoping that it could, depending on how the fund, the private fundraising goes, uh, we may be able to add money to it, uh, either from this round if things go well in the next few months, or um, the last round, which is the last round of grants is June first. So it's possible that uh, the team who is out raising money could add even more. So. Great. Yeah. Great. Um, for something like this, and this is just my own curiosity, um, do any national uh, national endowment for the arts or national endowment for the humanities, or is there some uh, historical endowment um, that's a federal program that, that contributes to something like this? Oh, probably not in this particular kind of thing. I would imagine, though, if an organization um, applies – to the NIH or the uh, or the NEH or the um, NEA or even uh, um, IMLS for something that just happens to be bicentennial themed, they you know they wouldn't Kinda probably turn it away. Leverage yeah. leverage some of the money yeah. to yes, absolutely. Yeah, hey, I want to let uh, listeners know that if you would like to call in and uh, ask a question about uh, Maine Arts Commission or um, or the arts in general in Maine. Um, policy on the government level in the arts, uh, anything having to do with the arts in Maine, the number to call is 
uh, 207-469-0500. And if you are um, uh, someone who uh, volunteers or works with a uh, arts nonprofit or, or if you're an artist in in the state, um, we'd really love to hear from you too. What what you've got going on, um, as as you uh, as you've guessed by now, um, Julie Richard is a big fan of the and and the Maine Arts Commission um, of uh, folks out in the community who are really working mm-hmm. uh, to make the arts happen, whether it's a, a small um, on a on a small scale or on a big scale. That that all of it's good, and all of it is uh, we'd love to hear about. Um, also, if you just have a question or a comment. Uh, make that call at uh, 469-0500, and uh, our engineer, John Greenman, will patch it through to the studio, and you'll uh, we'll chat. So um, so the, the Bicentennial um, uh, uh, grant project, how, how is it decided where, uh, who, who gets those funds? Is there a, a, a body that's, that's working on that, uh, some kind of a, a, a committee or commission or something yes. like that? Yes, actually, the Cultural Affairs Council is um, the the executive directors of the seven state cultural agencies is on the panel as well as um, Heather Perry, who is is the superintendent of the Gorham Schools. She sits on the Bicentennial uh, Commission and a representative usually from the Department of Ed as well. So it's a good group of people. Excellent. And the... the Maine Humanities Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's is there a connection between uh, Maine Arts Commission and Maine Humanities Council? Maine Humanities Council is a nonprofit. It right? is yes, and, but it is one of the uh, Cultural Affairs Council agencies. So it is a, a state partner agency, and we we actually partner with the Maine Humanities Council on um, a grant that we call the Arts and Humanities Grant that's been going on for years. And uh, we each put money into that grant program, and it's, yeah, so we partner with them frequently. Well, in the uh, uh, shameless station promotion um, category as well, we do too, <laughs> on, a, on a program that's on called Poetry Express, oh. and that is on uh, Sunday mornings at uh, 9.30, and they, they have a... a Poetry Express um, events that move around the state, and re- and they record them, and then um, give them to us, and we do a little work on them, and uh, work with them, and um, get them on the air. So that's a pretty pretty cool thing. So that's awesome. we're, we're partners with them too. So, Good. So um, you know, that's yeah, a, we all get around. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and 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 since we have the 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 uh, we're the caretakers of a megaphone for the community, it's good to get those uh, those voices from the community on the air. Um, so true. And 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 the great uh, poets of Maine get their work on the air as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the um, you've got well, you've got tons of projects going on. Yes, um, <laughs> and because uh, you're a. Uh, 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 pretty big outfit by main standards how, how many people do you have on your on your staff um, working on all these things we only have we only have nine people oh so you're not that big no we're not that big <laughs> we yeah. do a lot yeah we we crank out a lot of a lot of programs um, we just wrapped up a, a big veterans uh, week um, a couple of weeks ago we had uh, our very first veterans art summit that we partnered with togas on um, which was really, really exciting. We've been working with uh, 
Courtney Oliver at um, the VA Maine Healthcare System for a few years on the uh, veterans art exhibits that happen in the Capitol Complex. And we decided to ramp it up a little bit this year and hold a summit for veteran artists so they could um, learn from each other primarily um, and uh, kind of build their skills and also just hear each other's stories a little bit. So um, that was held on November 5th. And then at the end of that week, uh, we had our recognition ceremony that we've been holding um, as part of this Veterans Art Exhibition in the Capitol Complex for the last few years. Uh, That was our recognition ceremony for the veteran artists who were exhibiting in in that space this year. So that was pretty neat. And how many um, artists did you have participate in that? We had 44 artists this year. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah, normally we've had right around 20. So um, the the awareness is building for that. Pro- Wait, no, I take that back. There were not four. There were 44 artists actually at the uh, at the summit. Um, there were more definitely more artists at the that were in the exhibit this year than there have been in years past but i think it was more like 25 so w- what do you attribute the bigger participation in the summit for and uh, uh, um you said you know word is getting around how's that happening um the are i think the veteran artists uh, spread the word plus uh-huh. when they when they are um, when they go to togas for whatever treatments that they might go to um courtney who is our major uh, connector there. She's also promoting all of these programs to the artists as well. And there are more artists at the summit because um, there were musicians there as well. Mm. So uh, quite a few musicians as well as visual artists. And uh, I imagine the content probably uh, ranges from things having to do with the military to things not, but have maybe having some connection or maybe not. All over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of research at the national level about the uh, benefits of uh, veterans getting involved in the arts and how that can help them heal. Yeah. And um, so more and more of our VA systems are getting more involved in the arts. And we had representatives from all four of our congressional offices at the summit um, observing, and they were all like blown away and would very much like to try to help us expand the programs that that we would like to do. Um, funding is always an issue for everything that we do. I've got a list of programs a mile long that I would love to implement if only we had more money. Um, and the the uh, veterans in the or health, um, arts in the military program is one of those programs that we would love to expand. It would be really um, one of my wishes to bring in some of these national level artists who've done artists in residence programs at Walter Reed that have just completely transformed some of the uh, some of the veterans' lives in incredibly powerful ways um, through the arts. So yeah, the arts are good for everyone. They are, <laughs> from school kids to uh, to so vets true. to. Uh, Everybody, uh, everybody, exactly. yeah, yeah. Well, those of us who work in that field firmly believe that. That's uh, so true. Yeah, yeah. And um, just as long as we can keep working on the people who don't think that to, <laughs> to get them to do art too, because they're 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 more than capable and as they, well. And they do it probably without even realizing without, that yeah. they're doing it. Yeah. You know. 
yeah, that's that, that's uh, yeah, good for everyone, and everyone does it without even mm-hmm. necessarily knowing about that. So that's good. Um, d- does the the Maine Arts Commission put out uh, a, you know like a, a newsletter or or something like that 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 um, you know people can obviously go to your mm-hmm. uh, website and what's that ad- address again? It's a www.mainarts.gov or mainarts.com. So people can go to your website and find out what's going on mm-hmm. and, and deadlines and, and programs and, and, and all that. Um, is that uh, just for people uh, in the, the, the world of um, working on creative um, on, the, on the arts or is, or is and, and, you know, a, a citizen who is interested in, in the arts in some way or another but maybe is not working in that uh, field either as an artist or for an arts organization? Is there stuff there for them too? There is um, because we allow organizations to upload whatever it is that they might be doing or any opportunities. Um, if you are just looking for something to attend or um, something to experience, uh, we have a rolling calendar that has everything that um, is most recent rolling across the bottom of the screen. But there's also, if you dig a little deeper, you just click on opportunities, There's or the calendar even, um, you can scroll through whatever happens to be up next. So there is um, quite a lot. It's chock full. Yeah, and is there, <laughs> good, and is there any kind of a... Um uh, a newsletter or or um, publication that people can sink their teeth into. Yeah, um, we send out a, a monthly e-blast that kind of highlights the things that are uh, top of mind on um, on our calendar. But we are also in the process of putting together a new arts journal. Um, we used to put out a quarterly uh, hard copy newsletter that we would mail out and um, this is going to be just a twice a year thing because it's going to be more extensive it's going to be thicker and more like an actual almost like a literary arts journal um, with a lot of photography in it and uh, stories and our first uh, in fact Ryan is just in the process of wrapping this up right now my marketing director um, uh, our first one we hope to get out in December and it will um, be based on rural arts in Maine, and we're really excited about it. So stay tuned. It'll be an electronic journal um, as well as some hard copies. We're not going to print a lot because it's expensive to print um, those kinds of things, but we will have some of those available. And we haven't really talked about exactly um, how we're going to get those out across uh, the state yet and or who they're, who's going to be the lucky people to get them. But... Um, one of the things that I'd like to do is be able to maybe, you know, if somebody wants to purchase one, maybe we could print as we go. I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like something that will be um, uh, really helpful for the arts and and and, uh, and and people out in the community. Absolutely. And it'll definitely be a keepsake for those um, artists and organizations who are, who are highlighted in it. And, and um, for, there's the, the, um, uh, printed publication that you talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, how can uh, people get a regular diet of um, of uh, arts news in the state? Whether it's through Maine Arts Commission or is there somewhere else that you would refer people to? We um, we refer them to the the uh, Maine Public website as well um, because Maine Public is statewide. So uh, if 
and also the main office of tourism. Um, I always encourage our organizations to to make sure that they upload their information onto the main office of tourism website because um, they sometimes have opportunities for advertising or stories or whatever the case might be um, to get uh, featured in something that might be uh, part of their promotion across uh, the country. But we, like I said before, people can upload their uh, calendar items and opportunities onto our website. And I know uh, Maine Public also has that, that benefit as well. Oh, there is, there is another, uh, um, um, you know, lots of resources yeah. in the state, but those two are really, really big ones. Yeah, so, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, if you're just tuning in, this is Maine Arts Alive. Uh, my name is Matt Murphy. I'm filling in for Michael Donahue this month. And my guest uh, on the program is Julie Richards. She is the executive director of the Maine Arts Commission, and which is a uh, government agency that's all about uh, supporting the arts uh, in Maine. And uh, we've been talking about what's going on, what's new with the Maine Arts Commission and uh, um, arts in Maine. And we've got some more to talk about. And then we're, we're uh, and then I'm going to ask Julie for a, a little storytelling. But we'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that in a, in a, in a, li- oh, in a no. little bit. <laughs> if if you'd like to call in and share um, uh, a story or some information or ask a question about uh, about the arts, what's what's going on, or what you may be working on, whether you're uh, an, an artist, um, a, a crafter, um, or from a, a organization that's that's um, providing services in the arts and working in the arts, uh, give us a call at two zero seven. Four six nine zero five hundred, and uh, here at WERU Community Radio, we're uh, we're we're all about supporting the arts as well. That's one of the things that we do, and um, you know, it's it, this is an opportunity for you to uh, step up to the mic if you'd like to talk about the arts as well. What uh, what you're doing, what you're aware of, or questions you may have four six nine zero five hundred, and we'd be happy to talk with you. Um, so. Uh, Julie, in terms of arts education, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we, we were talking. You were talking a few minutes ago about um, uh, military veterans mm-hmm. and the role that arts are playing, and 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 the um, participation that you're getting, and the the um, and I mentioned that the other end of the spectrum might be kindergartners or even younger. Um, um, what what's um, so? I imagine that the Maine Arts Commission is got some. Uh, got some connections in with what's going on in the uh, in in education whether it's for younger uh younger kids or or uh, or older or you know or or continuing it i guess yeah um we work very closely with uh, arts educators across our state and um we have something called the main arts leadership initiative uh that we've had uh, different members of my staff and others who've worked in the Maine Arts Leadership Initiative on this program before, um, but we are really uh, pleased to have over 100 in that network, um, either arts educators or teaching artists that are part of that program, which is really, really exciting. Um, That has really enabled us to get to every corner of the state and find out what's happening in every corner of the state. And uh, the other thing... um, 
that is top of mind right now. We, When we launched our cultural plan in 2015, one of the charges uh, or one of the priorities of that plan was strengthening arts education. And um, as a... As a one of the action items for that was to conduct an arts education census across the state, which we did. And mm. we uh, we received input from over 95% of the schools in our state at the time. And what that showed us was um, that there's a lot of good things happening in our state. And we actually have a pretty strong arts education system throughout our state, but uh, there are some weak points. And um, so the goal was then to put together uh, priorities for strengthening arts education in every school in every corner of the state. And um, at the time, the neediest area of our state was was identified as Washington County. And so I, when we got the census results, I traveled around the state and, uh, and talked to the superintendent regions about the results of the census. And I met, did meet with the superintendents in Washington County and, um, and told them that we would be back and that we would be uh, one of the things that we wanted to do to support them was to create an arts education planning project. And uh, in my past, um, in other in another state that I worked in, we my arts council, my regional arts council was very involved in um, putting together arts education plans for school districts that that were in our region and then helping them to implement them. And it really, it really absolutely uh, strengthened the arts education programs in those districts that we worked most closely with. So um, we did receive a, a, a grant from Jane's Trust to implement this arts education planning project in Washington County. And we are in the process now of launching that program. And we're going to be working with six uh, different school districts in, um, in Washington County. That's our plan. And uh, we hope to have the plans uh, completed after we do data collection and um, create priorities in partnership with the arts educators and the faculty and the leadership in each one of those those areas, um, have those plans completed by next fall, and then help them identify resources and uh, other other uh, things that can help them strengthen their arts education programs in Washington County. So with uh, are, are you at liberty to talk about what any of those uh, initiatives might be like? What would happen on the ground, or is that a secret until next fall? It's not, <laughs> it's not a secret, but um, we honestly, we know that resources are always an issue. So, um, and I'm just creating, I'm just talking about generalities right now, but um, so arts arts visual arts teachers in particular and music educators as well um, always need supplies so we know that um, going in and so that's probably something that we would try to help them identify you know ways to get more more supplies or um, or if they happen if a if a band program needs um, a new timpani or a bass drum. You know, maybe there's a way that we can help them identify a partner or funding partner to help them get a new timpani or a bass drum, whatever the case might be. Um, 
we would provide professional development for arts educators in those districts. That's a, a, always a big need. Uh, arts educators are usually overlooked when it comes to professional development in schools because schools design professional development for their teachers around um, the whole school and not usually uh, specific to the arts. And so that's something that we can come in and, and help provide um, and just uh, one of the things that we've already learned from the leaders that we've talked to in these districts is um, retention, recruitment and retention. Mm-hmm. And that's something that um, I have not come across in the past. And I think we're going to have to cr- think creatively on how we can recruit and retain arts educators in Washington County. And um, we have some ideas, but... We'll have to see where that goes as we move forward. Okay. Is, um, I imagine that part of the issue for whether it's um, Washington County or um, any other community in the, in the state that um, has uh, uh, some needs um, in, the, uh, in arts education, um, that it's a budgeting matter and, it's, so, and, and each district as it's doing its own budgeting and and some districts have the ability or the inclination to fund the arts more than uh than others um is that accurate or am i off base with that i think a lot of people assume that but that's not always that's not really the case Mm -hmm. um, because schools are um, required by their by the standards by the by the education standards to have music and art and uh, the, the biggest issue in Washington County is really recruiting and retaining mm-hmm. those arts educators. So um, the arts educators that we've met so far in our travels uh, down there are amazing. And they're doing really, really great work. Um, there are definitely some schools that they just can't seem to get an, uh, an arts teacher so in they're, the door. they're great. Um, there just aren't enough of them. They've got the they've got the money in the budget. They just yep. can't find people. Yeah. So that's why I said, you know, we've got to find some creative ways of recruiting and retaining. Yeah. Okay. And um, are are there any strategies that are being used in other parts of the state? Because Washington County is not the only rural place yeah. in Maine. Um, but you, I guess your your um, audit of the state showed that some other places. Um, or, or having more success in that uh, in that realm, um, you know, um, in in uh, in the county, in Arista County, and um, in other uh, in the in the West. What, what are some of the strategies that those uh, places are using, and they're having more success with with recruiting and retention? Um, to be honest with you, I I'm not sure what strategies they're using. Still figuring I, that I, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do know that in Aroostook, um, those teachers up up in Aroostook, the arts educators in partic- uh, particularly have been pretty involved with our main arts leadership initiative. And I'm not sure if I'm. I would like to uh, draw a correlation between their participation in that program and staying in those positions. Um, and I think there's probably that's you know we can probably draw a little bit of a correlation there, um, but yeah, it's there have not there's not been a lot of uh, participation by Washington County arts educators in the Main Arts Leadership Initiative, and that's also something that we would like to get um, make a stronger link to. Yeah, and you've got to. Uh 
want to live in a pretty rural area to be um, and uh, absolutely with uh, and and bring all your commitment and talents to that school. But yes, yeah, um, and you know, and and there's there's ways that we can you know identify kids who are. Um, recent grads of either Maine colleges and universities or um, other colleges and universities across the country that are based in rural areas and try to uh, recruit, you know, some of those, those um, young people who might want to come Come to home. Yeah. 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 And, and experience what Maine has to offer you know, the down East part of Maine to me is one of the most beautiful parts of our state and people who haven't been there don't know that and um, there's and there's actually quite a lot going on I mean Eastport is really a thriving artist hub in a lot of ways they've got um, a lot going on with between Tides Institute and the Eastport Arts Center Um, the the Cobbs Cook Learning Center is doing more and more there they've expanded quite a lot and they have some uh, they have a beautiful potter studio there now it's just gorgeous so there you know there are things going on in Washington County I think it's just creating that awareness yeah we uh, at at the at WERU are familiar with the music scene up there because ah. we get musicians come down from Washington County to uh, ah. do shows on the station or perform as guests here at the station so there's 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 some music going on in in Washington County good to know we'll have to be back in touch when we um, start launching our programs up there <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you, you. There's some, there's some great, uh, yeah. uh, great folks there to, uh, to get, uh, get involved with. Hey, I want to give that number again. If you'd like to call in and uh, um, maybe, um, well, if you're an arts educator, you're probably in school right now. But maybe if you're on, if you're on break, four six nine zero five hundred, four six nine zero five hundred, and we do have a call. Welcome. You're on uh, Main Arts Alive. Hi, Matt. It's Catherine from Appleton. Hey. Um. And happy Thanksgiving. Yes, to you too. Uh, I would like to know, how does film and music fall into the category of art? Um, for instance, if musicians would like to get qualify or get a grant for producing it, their first album, or um, also if somebody wanted to produce a film slash video. So I'll just, I'll just hang up and listen. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for the question, Catherine. So uh, I don't know the answer to those, so yeah. it's all on you, Julie. So no. we do have a grants program uh, for those particular kinds of things. Um, artists can apply for uh, creating um, a new a film that they want to create, and artists can apply for funds to produce um an album if they want. Um, those deadlines will be coming up in March. And I would just encourage anybody who is out there um, who are who's interested in those kinds of things to make sure that they check in with our website uh, just after January 1st. We, t- we typically try to open our grants up um, right after the first of the year. So take a look at those. And uh, if you're a nonprofit organization, um, you can apply for uh, uh, an organizational project grant, too. Oh, that's so, exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a great opportunity. Um, so you... you um, um, 
you have you're out in the state. You did that mm-hmm. uh, uh, the audit. Um, you have uh, uh, things called Iditarods, yes. um, borrowing from uh, from Alaska and and the Yukon. Yes. Um, um, first, I want to ask about the audit. How did you do that? What what um, you know the census is coming up, and did you have people going door to door asking about the arts? I, no. I doubt it. <laughs> Um, when we when we conducted the arts education census, we uh, we just sent out um, emails to all the principals in all of the schools, and we got the list from the Department of Ed. And then we had our uh, Main Arts Leadership Initiative teacher leaders make follow up phone calls, as well as several of our staff and others make follow up phone calls to just try to get as many people to respond to that survey. When we do our, our statewide cultural plan, that's a more, um, we don't, we, we don't make phone calls on that. We just basically cast the net and make people aware. Um, we will be launching, uh, a renewal to our current cultural plan, which will expire in 2020. And, um, we will once again be surveying, and we're not—we don't call it a census for the cultural plan, but we'll be yep. surveying artists and arts organizations again um, for that to kind of measure um, any changes that we might have seen between the last cultural plan and what their needs and issues were to what what their needs and issues might be today. So, you know, not that much time has passed, but you know enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, and in this modern world, things change fast, oh. uh, uh, fast enough, That's anyways. True. Um, so on the on the issue of the whole state, um, s- sticking with that for for a couple more minutes, um, where where does where do the arts fit in in, in the the bigger picture of the uh, economy um, or um, um, tourism or the um, just the general identity of, uh, you know, whatever the, the, you might call the main brand, I guess. Yeah. Um, where, where, where do the arts fit in those, in those kind of big concepts? They, you know, the arts have been so integral into community and economic development here in Maine for so many years that it's really just sort of um, embedded, I think, in our quality of life. And I remember coming to Maine uh, 25 years ago and um, and being... It just first of all, just loving the state because of the uh, the great uh, density of galleries and um, craft artists and the just the f- general feel for creativity. And I think it's only gotten stronger over the years. Um, we a couple of years ago we launched a. Uh, um, a craft apprentice program, a fine craft apprentice program with, in partnership with the uh, Maine Craft Association. And that's been expanding um, year on year, which is really, really exciting to see. Um, and that has absolutely strengthened uh, the craft, pro- the craft um, bedrock in our state. And uh, Maine is I was told a few years ago, and I think this is probably still the case, that Maine is the number one state in the country for fiber arts. And um, I'm not sure why that is, but um, we do have a lot of really excellent fiber artists, and we have the Fiber College just down the road mm. a bit. Um, 
in Searsport. That happens every uh, the week of Labor Day, which is amazing. Um, they do they bring in fiber artists from all over the country and the world, and they bring in like the top level. Um, fiber teachers, and they do all kinds of different classes over the course of a week. It's a pretty neat thing. And so, um, but that's just one, that's just one piece. There are many, many, many individual fiber artists that do all kinds of different work between, you know, felting and uh, rug hooking and you name it. Um, so, yeah, there's, it, as, as far as the, the economy is concerned, um, Every community that we've been working with, as far as like through the cultural planning processes um, and the cultural planning grant that we give, those communities want and have, have acknowledged um, other communities that exist in the state that are truly reinventing themselves through the arts. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. If they if they feel strongly enough about the arts to um, use the arts as a way to be a different city, um, they are doing it, you know, and there's so many different examples throughout, throughout the state, um, that have used the arts to transform. It's, you know, we could just spend an hour talking about that. <laughs> well, we don't have an hour, no, so, I know. <laughs> um, we have about 15 minutes, so, but, but, uh, we, uh, we, we may go back to that. Okay. Um, wh- what do you say to folks, um, who, um, think that, the um, arts are for uh, just a certain segment of the population. Um, you know, uh, um, well, I, I think, you know, it, it, we're talking here and we have both have said, um, you know, the arts are for everyone. Um, does everyone believe that or do some people need a little convincing that, no, the arts are for, the arts are for everybody because um, there's so much, so many different kinds of art. Yeah, and I... I, I that's absolutely the case, and I, I think in Maine, maybe even more so than other places where I've lived, um, people find a way to create the art that they want to create, and um, that is uh, that's absolutely um, part and parcel to who people are here. So you might be a farmer, but you're also a musician and you play gigs every Friday and Saturday night down at the local um, gathering hall. Or uh, you could be a a businessman and a a recently retired businessman and play in a bluegrass band and travel around. Or, um, you know, I don't think I've met anybody uh, that doesn't have some kind of an art habit in our state. Mm. It's on, honestly, it's kind of crazy. When I first moved here, um, I met a, a gentleman who had been, who had fairly recently moved here, but had, uh, been coming to Maine for years. And he, <laughs> he said to me, um, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting an artist in Maine. And <laughs> I know he meant that in, uh, all the best way. Um, I love yeah, cats. Yeah, don't go swinging cats. I love cats, and I have several myself. So there you go. But um, he is, yeah, it, he was right. You know, it's it's so true that the arts are everywhere, and they are for everybody. And um, and that, that was only reinforced to me when I first got here and traveled all across our state to, 
really discover that that is the case. And, you know, there are some very, very successful artists living in very remote areas of our state, you know, so it's not just in the urban centers um, where the arts are thriving. The arts are thriving in many, many places. Hmm. Um, children, kids, um, mm-hmm. you had talked about the school um, programs, particularly uh, the efforts um, to um, support the arts, particularly you, you were talking about uh, Washington County. Um, outside of school, what, what, what's available for, for uh, parents to get kids, um, kids involved with the arts to support what they, um, what they might be getting in school and to augment that? And um, what's going on for for young, young, young people. So much, uh, it, honestly. Um, I don't think I know of a single arts organization in our state that doesn't offer programs for kids in some way. And usually they're either free or greatly reduced cost. Um, Scudic Arts for All is a great example of a program that... Um, <clears throat> offers tons of workshops and programs for kids all year round. Um, the Abbey Museum has programs for kids. Um, just about every, you know, the list is too long, really, for me to start listing off okay, everybody. We need another hour for that, we too. Do. Yeah, yeah, okay. So <laughs> so now we've got to figure that we need two more hours. <laughs> okay. But we've got On the Wing coming up in about um, 12 minutes. So ah. we'll wanna, we'll, we'll, uh, we've got some great music. So we will, we'll get to that. Cause, All right. Um, um, I, I mentioned a, a couple minutes ago the um, Iditarods, where yes. where you load up a, a sled and you get the huskies out and you go around the state in the winter talking about the arts. No, that's not what no, it is. No, we just we just stole the name more than anything. But um, we do it in the winter, so we call it the Arts Iditarods, and um, they're really a series of professional development workshops. And this year, um, our topics are going to be writing grants that get funded, and that's actually going to be kind of a two-hour intensive. Um, grant workshop. We haven't done one of those in a while, and uh, we felt that it was time to do that again. So we'll be providing uh, the updates to our grants programs, as well as um, basics on how to write a good grant, and then doing one-on-one consulting with anybody who might happen to come and and want to want a review of a, of a grant that they might want mm. to uh, submit either to us or to somebody else. So that's going to be one of the workshops. And then the other workshop is going to be called Marketing Shop Talk, Tips and Tricks of Visual Storytelling. So this is really about um, uh, enhancing your website to whether you're an artist or uh, an arts organization, um, getting, uh, getting out there and shooting your own video and putting it on to your website to really kind of tell your story in a better way. And um, that, so that's going to be, those are going to be the two main workshops. And we always provide a lot of uh, what we call infomercials that are just little tidbits on things that are going on around the state, um, programs, other programs that they need to be more aware of, like bicentennial grants and um, uh, 
Arts Engage Me, which is our 501c3 support organization and what's going on with that, as well as um, just an update on the arts education planning project that I just talked about a little bit about and our state cultural planning. We may do a little bit of a mini feedback session on that with the Iditarods, but we're planning on going to five communities this year. We have not scheduled them, but they'll be um, kind of scattered all over the all over the state. So you'll cover some ground. We will. All right. Stay uh, tuned. Yes, those those <laughs> uh, those art dogs will be yes, taking you everywhere. They will. Um, and and you've got speaking of um, uh, being out in the community and doing um, kind of mini conferences in mm-hmm. a way. You've got the Maine International uh, Conference on the Arts coming up in 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 twenty twenty. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? That'll be uh, end of September. Yeah, end of September of twenty twenty, and. Um, we are working on a pre-conference uh, for that. I'm, we might be just calling it a summit. I'm not sure. But we, right now, we're bandying about the idea of uh, doing an arts and climate change um, pre-conference mm. summit, which I think would be really interesting. Um, we were kind of brainstorming with the staff a couple months back on, uh, on, on some to- topics that we might want to address and uh, we noticed, our staff noticed that several of our grant applications this, pla- this past year were from artisan organizations who were doing projects that were based in um, climate change issues. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I'm not sure if that'll all come to fruition. Um, I asked the staff for ideas for speakers, and I got over 100 submissions from my few staff people. So <laughs> sorting through all of those um, speakers and then nailing people down and getting that all together, uh, we'll, we'll have to see. But that's our idea. And then um, the main conference theme is really going to be leadership because it's the bicentennial. So I'm looking for um, a, a good solid speaker on uh, leadership for our, uh, fr- our it'll, it's actually going to be a Monday and Tuesday. I think it's September 20. 8th and 29th, but don't quote me on that. I don't have the dates written down in front of me, um, but whatever that Monday and Tuesday is of that week. And then um, we'll also be hosting the second Main Arts Awards. Yes. You, yeah. I was just going to ask you about yeah. those. Those, um, um, uh, um, I, I was at the conference a couple of years ago, and those were pretty pretty exciting. Yeah. And uh, the... Um, uh, the um, uh, each winner received uh, a wonderful um, um, handmade yeah. basket. I, yeah. I can't remember the. Uh, it was Molly, artist. Molly Neptune Parker. Yes, yes, um, gorgeous. Was an icon in herself. Yes, yeah. National Heritage Fellow winner. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and and um, gorgeous, mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Not 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 a not a little sports trophy, but something no. uh, dramatically different. And, and we have and, picked the artist already for um, to create the award for this year, this coming year's awards. Um, but I, I'm not going to tell you secret. who that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, and that's in September. Yes. Um, we just got to uh, have a couple minutes left. Um, what about, um, uh, is there a, a, um, 
some sort of a membership group or, or, or affinity group or something like that through that that um, you'd recommend? I mean, there's pro- there certainly is, you know, some for visual artists and there's some for, um, you know, musicians. I mean, there's a bunch of them out there. Yeah. But is there kind of a s- centralized one or where the arts mingle, the different kinds of arts artists mingle? Yeah, we uh, when we launched our, our 501c3 support organization, Arts Engage Me, um, one of the things that we wanted to create was a cultural sector network and uh, we had our first gathering um, oh gosh was it last February I think it was last February uh, so that that group is really designed and it's for artists and arts organizations and board members of organizations etc that um, want to join become members and um, we'll, we're trying to get that group together a couple of times a year to talk about things that are going on in the state as well as to do um, some advocacy and policy training as well um, so that when uh, state budget or federal budget issues might happen to arise, we can mobilize that group and um, just kind of get them, you know, trained to create to really create a grassroots um, advocacy uh, entity in our state, and also to just share with each other. So, yeah, so you can join that. Um, you can click through our website through Arts Engage Me and uh, become a member of the Cultural Sector Network. Okay. Well, we are rapidly approaching the end of uh, Maine Arts Alive uh, for today. And uh, uh, Julie Richard, uh, Executive Director of the Maine Arts Commission, I want to really thank you for being on the program today. Oh, I'm glad to be here. It was great. Thank we, you. We covered a lot of ground. Even though we could use a couple more hours, we did cover <laughs> a lot of ground. And um, thanks, everyone, for tuning into the program. Uh, we really appreciate your uh, your ears. A um, couple announcements for WERU coming up on uh, Friday of this week. Week at 10 o'clock, we've got audio, um, a program from the uh, Word Literary Festival in Blue Hill. Um, uh, Paul Sullivan, uh, Rose Upton, and uh, Richard Blanco, a performance, uh, a night of performance that they all did uh, together that's really spectacular, and we invite you to tune in uh, this Friday at 10 for that. Um, uh, also, uh, a week from today is Giving Tuesday, December 3rd, and on, at this time slot we'll be opening the phones to nonprofit organizations all across the state to uh, tell, uh, tell you, our listeners, what, what they've got going on and uh, how you can uh, support them. Um, also, uh, at uh, our 10 o'clock public affairs programs, uh, Monday through Friday, we'll be moving in January to uh, 4 p.m. in the afternoon to uh, um, afternoon uh, drive time to try to feature them a little bit more at a time when, uh, when in radio theory, there's a lot more people, uh, there's more people listening, and we, we want to uh, highlight our local public affairs as much as possible. Um, Stay tuned. On the Wing is coming up with Mark and Shane. Uh, three hours of great music um, with, uh, with two uh, wonderful DJs. So do tune in for that. Uh, you're listening to WERU Community Radio. My name is Matt Murphy. I've been filling in for Michael Donahue. And thank you so much for tuning in. And have a good day. It's about two and a half minutes before the hour, before the on the wing hours come your way. Let's take a quick look at what's going on in the weather outside. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. 48 degrees right now. That's the high for today. We've got uh, five to nine mile an hour winds our way. 
Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 31. And we're looking for mostly sunny and then a chance of rain on Wednesday. 43 is a high. The evening, uh, afternoon is going to be 30% chance of rain, so we'll have to look forward to that. Wednesday night, definitely rain with a low of 34. And we're looking at the possibility of rain and snow and likely a chance of rain-snow combination with sleet on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. So watch out for the driving then. A high of 38 for Thursday and a low Thursday night of 25 here in East Orland. Thursday night's going to be mostly cloudy. You're listening to WERU 89.9 in Blue Hill, WERU.org, all over the place. And don't forget, we're volunteer-powered. We're a voice of many voices, and we are listener-supported. Giving Tuesday is an international celebration that takes place each year on the Tuesday following Thanksgiving. WERU Community Radio will celebrate Giving Tuesday this year on December 30th, 